Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's safety talk. I am so excited to introduce Shelly today. Shelly and I have been working together since 2013 on the Safety Council here in Portage County, and she's one of the most genuine and energetic people that I know. So uh, with that, I get to introduce Shelly as a certified first aid CPR and AED trainer. She currently serves as a regional sales manager for Swift First Aid, a first aid and safety company that offers personalized customer attention along with CPR training to help make the workplace safe. It's who we use here at Kettlelastomer. They do uh, a lot of our training, and I don't know that she's allowed to say this, but they do a great job with all the, the supplies that they take care of for us. Her background of executive assistant and sales for the other fields has helped achieve the constantly growing clientele in Northeast Ohio. She strives to provide quality products at a fair price while also serving the customers with integrity and respect. She enjoys helping others whenever needed and is passionate about teaching health and safety standards in the workplace. So with that, I'll introduce Shelly. Oh, thank you, Renee. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Hello, everybody. Um, thank you for having me today. And uh, today we're going to talk about how to reduce heat stress, uh, especially during COVID-19. But most importantly, we want to talk about heat stress, period. It's dangerous. It, it causes different illnesses um, to affect the body, affect your workers, even if you're not wearing a mask. So we want to be very careful and we want to make sure that you companies that do have first aid responders on site, that they are trained properly on um, how to recognize the signs and symptoms of heat stress. And so that's very important. We're going to get into the different things about COVID-19, um, the mask wearing, the social distancing and stuff like that. But it's going to be later in the program here. So... The objective of this talk today is to identify what heat stress, heat-related occupational illness is. We want to learn what other illnesses it can lead to and the signs and symptoms of these illnesses while also learning what steps that we can take to help someone experiencing heat stress in the workplace. We want to learn steps to take and prevent and reduce heat stress in the workplace. Very important. And of course, we want to learn how to cope with the effects of heat stress in the environment of change that we are currently in right now due to COVID-19. So heat stress needs to be taken very, very seriously. What is it? And what are the related occupational illnesses caused by heat stress. It occurs in situations in which the total heat load, if you take the environment and the body heat, when it exceeds the capacities of the body to maintain a normal body function, or when the body temperature gets too high and cannot function as normal. And this can, this can be dangerous. And there are factors um, that cause heat stress. And some of these factors include your body heat, your environmental factors, whether you're indoor or outdoor, your strenuous physical activity, the type of clothing that you wear, your age, pre-existing medical conditions, and the amount of PPE required to wear due to work duties, especially the COVID-19 situation. You know, the body is always generating heat. 
and it passes it to the environment. And the harder you work, the more heat your body has to lose. So in addition to these factors, heat in general can contribute to injury by causing things such as sweaty palms, fogged, your glasses can fog up, dizziness, heat and injuries, um, burns due to hot surfaces. So what we want to talk about, what are the illnesses that heat stress leads to and how can we help someone that are experiencing these illnesses? And this is, again, why it's important to make sure your first aid responders, if you don't have first aid responders on site, it's good to have your management team, your supervisors, to really think about becoming a first aid responder or at least taking the course so they know the signs and symptoms to look for and able to help a worker that may be having some problems with the heat. Now, it's kind of strange that we're having this talk in September when the temperatures are starting to, you know, cool down. They will be cooling down. We're going into the winter months. But because we are, um, you know, recommended to wear that barrier on our face, that can cause some problems for people who may have situations with handling heat. Everybody's body's different and everybody handles heat in a different way. So from the worst condition to the mild, we're going to talk about heat stroke. We're going to talk about heat exhaustion. We're going to talk about heat cramps and heat rash. So the first one is heat stroke, which is the most deadliest, and it could cause death. It's a very serious heat-related health problem. It occurs when the body's temperature regulating systems fail and the body temperature rises to critical levels, which is greater than 104 degrees. We know that when we're not feeling well, if we get a high temperature, we know what that feels like. So if you're experiencing a high temperature and you're working in a, a hot environment and your te body temperature raises over 104 degrees, you're, it's becoming critical. This high critical temperature could cause the worker to stop sweating. And this type of medical emergency um, definitely can uh, result in death. So these are very important things that we have to know for our workers in the workplace. So what are the signs and symptoms of heat stroke? Confusion. If you have a worker that seems to be confused, loss of consciousness, seizures, a couple more could be they're weak, um, they're very weak, they're in distress, they're acting strange, they have hot, dry skin, they're no longer sweating, they have a rapid pulse, they may complain of headache, um, dizziness. So if if we're we have a worker experiencing this, we need to get medical help immediately. We want to call 911. Until 911 comes on site, we want to move the worker to a shady, cool area. We want to remove as much clothing as possible. You can wet the worker down with cool water and circulate the air to speed cooling. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later about fans and stuff like that, because that's a situation we're running into with the COVID by not using fans to be, you know, due to um, spreading the, the virus. We want to place cold, wet cloths, wet towels or ice all over the body or soak the worker's clothing with cold water. So the next illness that we want to talk about that is caused by heat stress is heat exhaustion. 
and heat exhaustion can lead to heat stroke. So this is just important as any other heat-related illness. So what is it? It is the second most serious heat-related problem. It occurs when the body temperature is greater than 100 degrees. Inadequate water and salt intake can cause the body's cooling system to break down. So what we want to do is we want to look for these signs and symptoms. We want to, uh, you know, when we evaluate someone that's having these trouble, they may say they have a headache. They may be nauseous. They could be dizzy, uh, weak, a lot of weakness in their body. They could be irritable, um, very confused. They may complain that they're very thirsty. They may have heavy sweating. So the victim is likely to be tired, uh, weak, clumsy, upset, or confused. They could be severely thirsty and will pant or breathe rapidly. Um, and their, their vision can also become blurred. So these are signs and symptoms that we need to look out for when we're helping someone that may be in heat exhaustion. So what do we do? course we're going to call 911 you know if you if you're not sure what to do always call 911 and get medical emergency as quickly as possible but you want to make sure someone stays with the worker at all times until EMS arrives we want to remove the worker from the hot area and we want to give them cool liquids to drink um, we want to encourage frequent sips of cool water uh, we want to cool the worker with cold compresses to the head neck and face or have the worker wash his or her face and neck with cold water. With these symptoms, the worker can be taken to get a medical evaluation and be treated. And of course, I said earlier to call 911 immediately, and I do recommend that. Again, if you don't have you know, first aid responders on site that know how to look for these signs and symptoms, okay? So the next one is heat cramps. And a lot of people experience this. And what is heat cramps? Uh, these are muscle pains. Um, they're usually caused by the loss of body salts and fluids during sweating. Should we have water available to our workers at all times? Absolutely. Should we have electrolytes available for our workers at all times in hot plants and um, areas? Absolutely. Why not? It's good to provide that for your workers so they're able to maintain a day of, you know, not having to go through this you know, these symptoms that they may experience if they're involved in a heat stress environment. Okay, so how do we help someone with heat cramps? Well, the worker usually this themselves by replacing fluid loss by what I just talked about, drinking water and carbohydrates or electrolytes replacement. If you do have vending machines in your facility, you can always ask your vending company to go ahead and add Gatorade or Squencher, whatever they provide. And they should be able to replace these liquids every 15 to 20 minutes um, until they're feeling uh, a little better and the cramps go away. And they will eventually go away. Okay, heat rash. This is, uh, what is it? It's the most common problem in hot work environments. And it's simply caused by sweating. So the hotter your environment is, and, you know, wearing masks and other PPE can cause a lot of sweating and your worker may, you know, get a heat rash. What does it look like? Heat rashes like red clusters of pimples or small blisters on the body. 
It can appear anywhere on the neck, the upper chest, the groin area, elbow creases, etc. Everybody's body's different. It can show up pretty much anywhere, but those are the most common areas. So how do we help someone with heat rash? Well, the best treatment is to provide a cooler, less humid work environment. Keep the rash area dry. Powder may be applied to increase comfort. Uh, what you don't want to do is apply any ointments or creams because anything warm or moist uh, can make the rash worse. So how do we prevent and reduce heat stress in the workplace, especially during COVID-19? So a heat illness prevention program can be used to inform all your workers of the hazards, the psychological responses, and response plan to heat stress. This can be included in employee meetings. Um, you can post reminders throughout your common areas. For example, like your break rooms, uh, the area where they walk in and they clock in. You can post guidelines in other areas that um, where precaution needs to be taken, such as what heat clothing to wear, etc. You want to be able to uh, review the criteria for a recommended standard, occupational exposure to heat and hot environments. This is all on OSHA's website, or you can go to the Department of Health and Human Services. Center for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, we're going to be talking about um, what they recommend in a, in a few minutes here. And then the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, NIOSH. But um, your local health department is more than willing to help and uh, guide and direct you in certain areas of this topic that will help your industry. And then OSHA also provides additional information on this topic and how to approach from a health and safety standpoint. So we have some guidelines that I want to talk about. And uh, we have indoor guidelines and we also have outdoor guidelines that you can follow to help your workers. For indoor, you want to use air conditioning or increase your ventilation. Uh, you can provide reflective shields to re redirect radiant heat. You can insulate hot surfaces, decrease water vapor pressure by sealing steam leaks and keeping floors dry. The use of fans can be beneficial when the air temperature is cooler. Now, CDC guidelines are asking us to not use fans as much. So now we have a little situation here. What do we do? Fans, you know, they think that it, in the right, that can cause the spread of COVID. So they don't, they don't want you to use them as much, but you know, for heat stress fans, we want to use, you know, to help cool down the area. If the temperature is cooler than the skin temperature. So it's get your team together and you guys can figure that out. But see, this is a scenario that we have to look at and companies have to come together. Your teams have to come together and work out what's best for you. If not in this scenario, the air from the fan can produce a warming effect and should not be used. So that's something you have to take into consideration as well. So we want to make sure that we have areas in our workplaces that your employees can actually be able to work comfortably without being in an environment where heat stress can cause the illnesses that I just talked about, because that can just cause some very um, 
not only for the person that's going through it, but for their family members and for your, your team, your management. And we just want to work together to make sure everybody is comfortable and working in an environment to where they can work in a normal area where they're not getting exposed to too much heat. And we're going to talk about that in a second about the mask. So in the outdoor guidelines, OSHA has a smartphone app which workers can download. That is a very cool app. It can help them in regards to uh, looking at the heat index. It has spots for cool water for your workers that do work outside and they're working um, all day, you know, full shift or, you know, maybe 12 hours. We want to have areas where they can get in the shade and where the workers can rest. We want to use guidelines of acclimatization for the workers Usually when you have a worker that is working in a hot environment for the first time, it takes a good two or three days for them to get used to that environment. And it just really depends on the worker itself because everybody handles heat differently. We want to be able to modify work schedules um, around cool times of the day. That's very important. And if possible, and this is one of my favorites, is to have a buddy system for workers to look out for each other. I think that's very, very important that everybody just stay alert and be mindful of your fellow employee that's working next to you. And just keep your eyes open if you see them acting strange, you know, take a moment or go to your supervisor and say, you know, they don't seem like they're doing well. You may want to check on them. So buddy systems are good, and I, I teach that to my first aid responders that they should always have at least a monthly meeting come together and um, talk about how they can do to have teamwork and look out for one another. So how do we cope with the changes due to the increase the personal protective wear, specifically due to COVID? I'm taking this right off the CDC website. You know, masks are a critical preventive measure. And they are most essential in times when social distancing is difficult. So what we need to look at in your facilities is, are you able to social distance your workers? Some can, some can't. If you can, then we need to work on doing that to where to reduce heat stress. If you can social distance your workers where they do not have to wear a mask, that's going to reduce heat stress. It's going to reduce it significantly. People who work in a setting where masks may increase the risk of heat-related illness or cause safety concerns due to introduction of a hazard, for instance, straps getting caught in machinery, may consult with the occupational safety and health professional to determine what masks to wear. So if you have you know, a situation where it becomes a heat-related problem with your workers wearing masks. You know, talk to one of your occupational safety health professionals. You can call the um, your local health department and just see what you can do. They'll work with you. the The goal here is to keep everybody safe, even with COVID nineteen. You know, we know that the masks they help and. We, we want to help each other to be safe, but yet we don't want to be so concerned of COVID-19 and forget about the fact that we have heat stress related problems due to wearing masks. 
So if we can social distance, that's what we should do. If we can't, then we need to have our workers wear the masks, but yet we have to make a program for them to make sure they're able to handle it. If they can't breathe, you know, we have to work with each individual. Also, the fact that if we can't put barriers up throughout our facility, if I know that costs money for some companies, but there's things that we can do and there's things you can find online that other companies are doing to help each other. Good ideas, you know, we can, you know, network. But the fact that if they're wearing a mask, if you can take time out, if the employee is having a hard time, let them take a, you know, a five minute cool break, go get some water, have electrolytes available for your employees. You can get them in pill form. Like I said earlier, you can add them to a, a vending machine or just have them available for them, you know, Gatorade. Um, you know, we have companies that put in the five gallon coolers and have that available through, for them throughout the day. That will help immensely because when you have a mask on, you have that barrier, they're breathing in their own oxygen. And so it's just, it, it's just that barrier and plus the heat in the, in the plant can cause some major heat stress. So the question may pre be presented of, can personal protective equipment increase the risk for heat-related illnesses? And the answer is absolutely yes. PPE includes, but is not limited to, uh, waterproof aprons, surgical gowns, surgical caps, boots, gloves, and most recently, of course, in the general workforce are face masks and face shields. So the pros and cons of PPE, the pro is that it often is required in order to reduce or eliminate exposure to external hazards. And we definitely want that. We want to keep our workers safe. So if they're working with chemicals, they have to have the proper PPE uh, to keep them safe. Physical hazards and disease-causing organisms such as the virus that we're fighting right now. So the cons of PPE, it reduces the body's normal way of getting rid of heat by sweating and other means. It holds excess heat and moisture inside, making the worker's body even hotter. It increases the physical effort to perform duties while carrying the extra weight of the PPE it can lead to the working, the worker getting hotter faster. So example, working muscle increases body heat production. Considering these factors, how can I be protected from heat-related illness when required to wear PPE? Determine the best type of PPE for each environment. Determine the length of time an, an individual can wear the PPE when creating the work and the rest cycle. Consider the worker's individual work rate, their fitness level, hydration level, and how they can acclimate to the, what they're doing at that time. Like I said earlier, sometimes it takes a good two or three days for a worker to acclimate to the environment that they are in. Determine if there are spaces in the workplace, such as private offices, outdoor areas, etc., where a mask is not required. Utilize those items in those areas to remove masks and or other PPE to help bring core body temperature back to normal. For example, like in an office setting, uh, because I have my own office here, 
I'm not required to wear a mask when I'm in my in my own office. If I'm amongst other people that are not of my household, then a mask is required. If I can't, it's recommended. If I cannot social distance at least six feet apart, hopefully we'll get a vaccine soon. We'll have to wear masks anymore. So in review, certain factors may contribute to heat stress, such as high temperature and humidity. These are things that we need to look at. High temperature and humidity, low fluid consumption, have plenty of water and electrolyte uh, replacements available for your employees, direct sun exposure with no shade or extreme heat if they're working outside, limited air movement, no breeze or wind, and physical exertion, the use of bulky PPE and equipment. So having a heat illness prevention program is a good way to keep all your workers informed of what it is and what to look for. Repetition, including portions in staff meetings, posting signs, etc., may help employees stay alert to the seriousness of heat stress. Take the opportunity to have trained staff on each shift who can administer first aid to a coworker who is a victim to heat stress. Create and use available tools, such as having an emergency action plan and staying up to date on guidelines. Use Heat Index app. Take advantage of the private workspaces and outdoor spaces where a mask is not required. And be alert to your body. Always be alert to your body. Everybody's body is different. They handle things differently. Know when you are exerting or starting to experience any signs and symptoms of heat stress. Taking a few minutes away from work at that point can save you from damage to the body and even help prevent death. And here's some additional resources if you want to look into it. But again, back to knowing your body. Everybody handles heat differently. We have to be mindful of each one. And in wearing masks or face shields or whatever, you know, we have to wear, we just have to be alert on what others, what their needs are to be able to help them. And that is pretty much it. That's what I have for you all. Um, If you have any questions, I'm more than willing to answer those if I know the answers for you. If not, I'd be more than happy to get them. Great. Yeah, we've got a few questions here. So the first one is, uh, is water intake sufficient? Or should they have electrolytes instead when you are in a situation where your body heat is rising? Water is good, but when you lose excess, uh, when you're sweating, you're losing salt. So that needs to be replaced. So if you could have electrolytes, that's better. That's better for you. But if you don't have that, yes, absolutely, water is sufficient. Can you die from heat stress? You talked about it being dangerous, but is it deadly? It is deadly if it becomes heat stroke. Yes, absolutely. You can die from it. It's very, very critical. Another question came in. Are some people more prone to heat stress than others? Of course. Yeah. You have, um, for example, you have, it just, you have to know your body and not everybody knows what goes on the inside of their body, but you have the athletes, you know, young athletes that have died of heat stroke. Very, very healthy athletes, but it just depends on your body. Absolutely. How often should breaks be given? And at what temperatures do we need to consider offering more frequent breaks for our employees? I'm for the worker, 100%. So I guess it depends on the worker. It depends on their physical 
capability of being able to work in a hot environment. And I guess my suggestion is, you know, to a worker that is having a hard time, they may want to consider looking for something else, or maybe their employer can put them in a different um, job to where they're not affected by the heat. But I think breaks should be when the employee feels they need to take one. And then kind of along that line, what is the, the heat stress temperature? I know in the in your slides you talked about the temperature, like body temperature of 104 and 100 for heat stroke and heat stress. You know, now everybody's taking temperatures or a lot of companies are taking employee temperatures and they're getting like variations. Um, we got a question here that says we've seen ranges from 96.3 to 99. You know, if that 99 employee is, you know, hits 100, is that really a a heat stress situation? Well, it could be a couple factors. Your normal body, you know, 98.6, you know, is an average temperature for the body. But when you start getting past, you know, 100, then we have some other factors here. Could it be heat stress? Absolutely. But it also, it, it could be heat stress in the body because your body's fighting off something physically an infection or whatever, the virus. But in the workplace, if you have someone that is, you know, feeling well, but all of a sudden their temperature rises up to that 100 degrees or more, we have a situation and we need to address that situation quickly. Well, we have a uh, comment here also about heat cramping. Employees are low on electrolytes um, if they're starting to get cramping. So um, I guess the comment is make sure they're drinking some sort of sports drink instead of just water. We said that could be a good option. It might also be a, a requirement that, that they have some way to get that. Do you have, um, other than just employees bringing it in or supplied, do you have other options for electrolytes? Your first aid cabinets could carry electrolytes. They come in full form. You can supply those to your workers that they can go take that but heat cramping water is good if you don't have electrolytes but if you can you know get the electrolytes in your body to replenish that's going to help with that cramping absolutely so you can get them in full form we do sell them if you're a customer of ours and you want them they go in your cabin if you're in a hot environment if you're one of my bronze you know bronze companies where you're, you know, pouring hot stuff, you're going to have electrolytes in your cabin, period. Because I'm going to make sure your workers have it. Good. I think that is all the questions. Just scrolling through here. I don't see any other questions. I know that uh, we had some comments uh, from from our panelists about, you know, making sure that uh, if you guys don't have a hot work program or a heat-related program for your company, to add that to your list of things to get done. And I have a question for okay. our, you, our our members. You know, what are you doing in regards to, like, if you have a hot area, a hot environment, and you have fans, what are, what are you guys doing? How are you handling that? Teach me what you guys are doing so I can help others. Do you... What, d during the COVID thing, you know, the CDC doesn't want us, wants us to be careful with fans. Are you social distancing or what, you know, other areas? Is anybody commenting on that? Kind of work together and help each other through this. Sure. Yeah. So we had um, a couple of people add on here that they allow their employees to wear shorts if the job provides for it. 
installing fans to help with that circulating air. And if we're testing our employees, maybe that's, uh, you know, like, like Shelly said, that's um, certainly a per company discretionary thing is are the fans and providing Gatorade or Powerade and waters. I know uh, our company, we keep a cooler with some ice and uh, bottled water just so employees can take clean, cold water with them uh, to their, their hot areas. So that's awesome. That's good. And if we can social distancing, if we can social distance our workers so they don't have to wear masks, that would be wonderful. Shelly, I'd like to add, you said something that I think a lot of people probably don't practice too much. You mentioned, I think you called it the buddy system. I think that's real important. I know a lot of times we're just through grit and sports and different things in our upbringing are taught just to keep working, right? And so sometimes we may have a blind spot into our real condition and it takes someone from the outside to say, hey, you know, Bob's not really acting the way he normally does. I never really yeah. see him kind of, he's kind of out of it a little bit. See something, say something. Yes, it's not that everyone be tattletales, but it could save someone's life. It could save them from a serious injury and just have a conversation with that first in person first and then maybe go to a supervisor. I think that's a really important factor. I know I come from an upbringing where you don't rat people out. <laughs> so that's that's well, the last thing you ever want to do, but have the conversation with that person first. It could potentially save them ultimately their life or from a serious injury. That is true. And again, it's it's by personality. A lot of people are very quiet. They're afraid to say anything. They're not sure. So what I recommend is you find someone on your ship, you know, that has the personality that's not afraid to speak up. And we all have those, of course. <laughs> and you talk to your workers and say, hey, if you are seeing something, you're afraid to say anything, just go to so-and-so and they'll let their supervisor know. Again, it, it's very important because uh, we always have to be uh, aware of our surroundings and we have to be aware those around us that are experienced, they may not know that they're just working through it. They're, they're scared to stop working, but they're not feeling good. It only takes a second. So it's not a huge loss of money. And I will say this. I had a, an acquaintance, their son played football at one of our member schools. I won't mention who they are, but played football and, and literally started getting fainting in school. And he went to the hospital. And I went and visited the hospital. This is pre-COVID. And one of his big issues was the hydration. So literally his blood pressure dropped, all these different things. And they were asking him questions like, are you drinking? He was drinking enough fluid. It just, he was putting out so much practicing in the heat with pads on that literally, even when he was at school the next day, he started getting lightheaded and fainting. It's part of that. So just because you're drinking fluids, that's a very important part. But look at those other signs. Heat stress is very, very dangerous. It can lead to very dangerous things in your work environment. In your workout environment, when you physically do your workouts, you know, you're exercising, you always just have to be mindful of your own body and know your body and don't push yourself. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.